This season of Long Story Short is presented by J29 Incorporated and the Nikki Healy Memorial Scholarship Fund. A Brighter Media Group original. I think just saying to myself and reminding myself that that I am loved. The things that I did are not who I am. Welcome to Long Story Short. I'm David Paul. Jack Larkin's story is one of hope, daily hope. And as you'll see, it's a hope that provides strength beyond what you and I may think is even possible. This was the story that I was told. It was at a party, a card party, and they thought it was fun to give me a little alcohol and see me kind of tumble around. If you listen to Jack Larkin long enough on Bright FM, you'll likely hear him talk about his battle with addiction. He's honest with listeners about his past, doesn't try and hide it. It's a story with quite a few twists and turns. It started when Jack was two years old and picks up again 11 years later. First experience with uh, marijuana was 13. I was on a family trip. I was with my aunt and cousin they were at a a family party and so the weed was being passed around and i grabbed right hold of it jack says that first encounter with drugs made him feel in his words amazing i can tell you what i never got as high as i got then as an addict you don't care what drug you use you know you you build this tolerance and you you chase that Um, i picked up again when i was in probably just around 15. At 15, Jack started working some part-time jobs, which you might think is a good thing. But for Jack, it added fuel to the flame of addiction. That money bought a car and freedom. It was mayhem. It was as much drugs as I could do, whatever I could do, you know, whether it was pot, coke, alcohol, you know, mushrooms, whatever it was. I did it. And so much so that my dad had had enough and I ended up in treatment at age 16. And this wasn't just a few weeks. This was a 60-day program. That worked. I kind of straightened up my act. I went to high school and uh, got good grades, went on to college. Then I hit age 21. Jack started drinking something called near beer. It tastes like beer, but has almost no alcohol content. I kind of justified that in my mind, like, oh, this is fine, you know. And before long, that just wasn't enough. I had to go back to the real thing. So it was booze and wine and then pot and then everything else. At the same time, Jack was also in a relationship. My girlfriend, now my wife, she had no idea that that was going on until she found out. And, um, you know, she has her, her own background and her family of addiction that she's dealt with. So it was hard and scary for her to see that happening. And this was this was when we were dating. Jack Larkin has lost three jobs because of his addiction. The first at Sonic Drive-In when he was 16. The second happened after his return to drugs and alcohol at age 21. He was working in radio, and they fired him. And that got Jack's attention, so he went back for more treatment. That was a kind of a self-admitting, for some people, uh, sort of a halfway house where people you had to work, where you had to go to school, and you had to go to AA or NA meetings. And that's that's what I did for a few years. Jack was again clean and sober. He and Julie got married. 
Jack returned to radio and eventually took a job as the morning guy at a station in Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Life was good. Jack was clean. Jack was sober. It had been seven years. And then Jolie got cancer, surgery, chemo, and pain medication. She had a very strong drug called Tylox that was around. And I had experience with that as a kid. It's a, it's a big painkiller. And I remember opening the drawer. She never took those. She didn't need them. But I found those and I thought, hmm, I remember these. Not even after seven years. Then I started with the booze, and then I started all sneaky stuff around my wife. You know, we did go to a church then, so I would drink before I went to church. Not normal to be drunk in church. The sneaky stuff around Julie? Jack would smoke marijuana in the bathroom. I was a smoker at the time. So I would go into the bathroom, and she says, what is that? And I said, oh, that's just, um, I'm having a cigarette, so I lit some incense. Julie wasn't the only person Jack was trying to fool. To be a drug addict, if you've talked to anybody, it's a full-time job. It's really exhausting. So that, that was where my mind was focused most of the time. It was not only that, but I had probably five doctors who I would go from doctor to doctor, get hydrocodone, you know, whatever kind of opiate I could get. And that's what I did. And it got to where, toward the end, I was trying to line up some sources in Mexico to feed the habit because the doctors were getting wise to what I was doing, and I had to keep that going. Remember, all this was happening while Jack was doing a morning radio show. My day started at about 4.30 in the morning. And it would start with a large tumbler of vodka sometimes pass out. That happened a few times. This was all before I took a shower, first thing in the morning. Finally, the radio station had enough. You need to leave. That's what they said. (laughs) This has become too much, which I couldn't understand because I thought I was functioning. I'm doing a morning show, you know, the best I can handling four different radio stations, scheduling music, all the things that a program director does. And I remember driving out of the parking lot. And I thought, ha, now I can do my thing. Jack was now free to focus on the full-time job he really wanted, his addiction. Last year, listeners to Long Story Short got to know Nikki Healy, a young mother who was battling stage 4 rectal cancer. Nikki gave us all a backstage pass to a year of her treatment. We got to experience Nikki's humor, her strength, and her deep faith. The bus for Grace doesn't show up until you need until you have the ticket in hand and you need it. Thinking and worrying and stressing about all these other things that may happen, may not happen. Like, you don't have the grace for it at the moment because it's not actually happening. And so there's been weeks where I'm like, I think I have another tumor. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like freaking out, crying. And then I get to the office and he confirms, yes, there is. And then you're just, okay. (laughs) 
And that's weird. Like, that's only God. Sadly, Nikki died just 13 hours after the final episode was released. The following season of Long Story Short, Nikki's husband Steve extended the backstage pass and walked us through Nikki's final days as well as the weeks and months following her death. Gratefully, Nikki's story is not over. She continues to inspire so many. To honor Nikki's legacy, J29 Incorporated, founded by Tracy Mills, has created the Nikki Healy Memorial Scholarship Fund to help other families that have also been impacted by the devastation of cancer. You're invited to learn more by visiting j29inc.com backslash Nikki-Healy or tap the link in the show notes. You can also apply and donate to the scholarship fund as well. The Nikki Healy Memorial Scholarship Fund is 501c3 pending in the state of Maryland. It was an honor getting to know Nikki, and I miss my young friend. I'm grateful to Tracy Mills and J29 Incorporated for continuing Nikki's legacy with this scholarship fund. Shortly before she died, Nikki gave us all this advice. Be brave, set boundaries, stand up for yourself, love Jesus, and take lots of vacations. Now I can do my thing. You know, I don't have to worry about those guys anymore. Not understanding or remembering that we had moved to Alabama to do this thing. I'm the one that wanted to do this. I took my wife with me. I didn't care. I couldn't see anything. It was self-will run riot. Jack Larkin was now unemployed, having been fired from his morning radio gig in Alabama. He was also in danger of losing something else. You know, my wife's like, I'm not going to do this. And I'm like, then leave. Okay, I'll be fine. I don't care. I don't need you. This time, losing his job was not a wake-up call. Unemployed, his marriage in deep trouble, Jack continued to feed his addiction for weeks. Until... November 29th, 2000, and I had no plans of getting clean at all. Some dates are forever etched in memory. For Jack Larkin, this was one of those. November 29th, 2000. It was a Sunday. I woke up. She had gone to church, and I was going to go get some drugs. What stopped me was this still, small voice. It was the Holy Spirit talking to me. Look around you. Everything you love is leaving you. And I just dropped to my knees and I said, I don't know, God, if you're there, if you're real, who you are, what you are, if you are. But if you are, I need your help. Jack started attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, which led to another memorable moment. Before he got fired, while he was still on the morning show, the station did a promotion with Olive Garden. The plan was for Jack and his radio partner to eat the food the restaurant brought and talk about it on the air. But Jack decided to do something extra on the air that day. So it was a Friday. We were doing, which I thought was a great idea, Jello shots. So Jello shot has a large amount of alcohol in it. I won't get into that, but that's what we were having for the morning show. So this lady from the Olive Garden comes in. She was the manager and she says, uh, and, you know, we got food and everything like that. I'm like, hey, Beth, how about a jello shot? She says, no, that's not 
that's that's okay. Thanks. I'm good. So when I got sober, I walked into the uh, AA clubhouse, opened the door, and there's Beth sitting there. And she says, I wondered when you'd get here. Jack still needed a job. There was a Mercedes-Benz factory in Alabama. Tried to get that. Tried to get sales jobs. Tried to get radio jobs, of course. The lowest point for me was when I had an interview at Toys R Us, stocking shelves, and they wouldn't hire me because I was overqualified. Jack also needed to repair what he had broken, making amends. You know, the easiest ones are the financial ones. You know, if you owe somebody money or, or you've stolen from them, those are the easiest ones to make, believe it or not. The other ones are, are the relationships. And that's where it got hard. This process of making amends is not something that happens quickly. It can take years. For Jack, who was the hardest person to make amends with? Me. Yeah. Just... Just saying to myself and reminding myself that that I am loved. The things that I did are not who I am. That is, that is somebody who is dead and gone. Everybody else has forgiven me. I know God's forgiven me. I have to forgive myself. I'll tell you the thing about addiction. It's like a train wreck. It is long and messy and takes time to clean up. People get clean and sober and everything is so awesome. That first six to nine months, you're on this pink cloud, we call it. Everything is so cool and people are happy for you. You're doing the right things. And then the first little obstacle that comes along, poof. The cloud bursts and you fall back to earth. And what caused the cloud burst for Jack? Nothing happened. Things that I wanted to happen were not happening. My wife was working. I remember being in the kitchen and she was headed out to her job. She said something to me. She was irritated and she says, well, you know what? I have to go out and, and make the bacon. And my sponsor had told me, do not argue with your wife at this point. You haven't earned that. And I said, I looked at her after she said this to me and I said, I know you do. And I'm so grateful that you're able to do that. And she looked at me, didn't say a word, turned on her heel and walked out of the house. And I thought, whoa, I didn't argue with her. I called my sponsor. I said, this stuff works. <laughs> Findlay Frazier. He was Jack's sponsor. Findlay would take me around and, you know, we'd talk about things. He would uh, show me what it was like just to settle and enjoy the present. Be focused on the here and now instead of the what will be. Poured a lot into me. You know, he knew everything about me. You go through a series of steps, the 12 steps, and Alcoholics Anonymous, you're making amends, you're righting wrongs, you're paying off debt. <laughs> and he did that with me. It was something I'll always be grateful to him for. Jack was having a hard time finding a job. 
It took 11 months, and he was getting frustrated. The lowest point was that Toys R Us interview. Stocking shelves, and they wouldn't hire me because I was overqualified. And I remember just driving in my truck, screaming at God, why won't you do something? I'm trying to do <laughs> trying to do the right thing, and you're not doing anything. Except God was doing something. I was in a new believers class. I started going to church again. And I, I began to learn about God and Jesus and, and covenants and what it means to be a Christian, what it means to walk with the Lord. All that was happening during this time. So there was a foundation that was being laid. So I look back and I think, thank you, God, for that time. Finally, Jack landed another job, a radio job in Tennessee. I had a call from a radio station that reached out to me right after I'd gotten sober. And they had a morning show opening. And it was a top 40 station in Tennessee. And my co-host was just off the first season of Survivor. And if you ever watched that show, her name was Gretchen. That's where I went. It was a good job. Jack remained clean and sober, but he was also ready for the next thing. So I stayed in Tennessee in probably about three years. It was a great situation. I was just ready to move into a larger market. I was still going to church, still going to meetings. We had our first child, Lindsay, in 2003. And I was just ready to, to make a career move. I mean, in, in commercial radio, you know, the hope is that you're going to move up and move up and move up, bigger markets, bigger markets. Took a job in a bigger market, which was Richmond, Virginia. It was another top 40 station. And I was doing the morning show and, and you know, it was more money and, and all of that stuff. And that's where we landed. Jack and Julie became parents again while in Richmond, this time a son named Brady, which was great. But the Richmond job, not so much. There was a lot of corporate turmoil, morale was really low, and something in Jack's heart was stirring. We're doing the Hollywood news on the morning show, you know, something you'll hear a lot on, on those type of, type of stations. And we were talking about Lindsay Lohan or somebody in the news at that time. I can't remember. I turned off the microphone and I looked at her and I said, Jen, you think anybody really cares about this? And she goes, what are you talking about? God was moving in, in me. Jack began to think about a move to Christian radio and even replied to a blind ad about an opening at a Christian station. I got an email from a person who worked with a Christian station in Baltimore. And they said, hey, we have an opening in Baltimore. Would you be interested? And I looked at that because I had applied for it online and I didn't know where it was. It was sort of a blind ad. And I applied for it and he called me and I said, you know, I don't think I'm interested. Thanks so much. There was an afternoon show that sat with me for a couple of weeks. And I had this really weird, you know, strange feeling in my stomach. And it was like, man, you really should have talked to them. Maybe that would have been really good, you know, but I went on with life. And then I got an email from our, <laughs> our boss, Steve Lawhon, that said, hey, I understand you're really interested in mornings, but we think maybe you'd be a really good fit here. Would you reconsider? And I'm like, yes, let's talk. That was 2009, and Jack Larkin has been doing afternoons at Bright FM ever since. But even more importantly, Jack has remained clean and sober since Sunday, November 29th, 2000. Is the temptation still there? The only passing thought, the only passing thought that I have occasionally is on a hot summer day where 
I mow the lawn. I like, man, be nice to have a beer, you know, that, that with the with the sweat beads kind of dripping down the can. But then I'm quickly reminded I don't do that like other people do. And that's the thing about addiction, that the stakes always get higher. You know, if I were to go use today, I have so much more to lose. Not just a, probably a position at the radio station, but I've got family, kids. The stakes always get higher. My kids didn't know about this until about four years ago. And I was invited to a church to give my story and my testimony. You know, we all go to this church. So I, I thought maybe I better have a talk about my past. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Jack Larkin works at Bright FM, a radio station that makes hope louder. But this is not just something Jack does at work. It's also something that Jack needs himself every day. It's been a couple of decades now since I've had a a drug or, or, or a drink. I still have the capacity for destruction. I have a daily reprieve from alcohol based on my spiritual condition, my walk with God. A preview of our next episode is straight ahead. Long Story Short is a production of Brighter Media Group. John Lawhon is the executive producer. Thanks also to Todd Gaddy, Caroline Burke, Aaron Branham, Ashley Beach, and Laura Ahn. Next time on Long Story Short... They ran tests and uh, the doctor came in and said, you're borderline diabetic and that... I, in my head, just felt like that was a death sentence. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm 22. What do you mean? If you listen to Christina James on Bright FM, and especially if you've met her, there's a part of her story before she came to Baltimore that is almost unbelievable. You'll hear that next time on Long Story Short. This is the first episode of Season 5. If you're just discovering this podcast, there are a bunch of episodes you can go back and listen to. Season 1 featured 10 different stories, including the day Billy Graham came to Camden Yards and the moment Joy returned for singer Stephen Curtis Chapman after the death of his young daughter. Change is Scary and Season 2 featured 10 stories of people who experience change, some by choice, some not. Seasons 3 and 4 introduce you to the Healy family. Nikki Healy was a young mom of three battling stage 4 rectal cancer. She gave Long Story Short a backstage pass for an entire year of treatment. That was Season 3. In Season 4, Nikki's husband Steve guides us through her final months and what life was like for him and his children after her death. Thanks for listening, 
and I hope you'll rejoin us next time for Episode 2 of Long Story Short, Season 5.